So there's a popular topic going on in the media on sexual abuse in women, and it's often framed as a form of misogyny, uh, sexual discrimination, androcentrism, male privilege, belittling of women. While it's all those things, it is also a health thing, and that's why we're going to talk about this today on The Roger Farm D Show. Sexual abuse and violence is actually so closely tied to health that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has a whole entire section about it. So right off the bat, if anyone in my audience is a victim or was a victim or knows someone who is or was a victim, please direct them to www.cdc.gov. And on the sidebar under violence prevention, there's a section called sexual violence. Click into that. You'll get all the information you'll ever need, including how to prevent it, how to treat it, how to like all the facts and figures and everything that we'll be talking about in this episode today. Let's start by defining what sexual violence is because the definition is pretty broad and when it's so broad, there's a chance that some of you listeners are victims and you guys don't even know it or you're an aggressor and you don't know it. Sexual violence involves a range of acts including attempted or completed forced penetration, alcohol or drug facilitated penetration, verbal pressure that results in unwanted penetration, unwanted sexual contact, and non-contact unwanted sexual experiences such as verbal harassment or voyeurism. So reports have shown that approximately one in five women in the United States have experienced rape or attempted rape in their lifetime and 43.9% have experienced other forms of sexual violence. But that's not all women. Approximately 1 in 15 men, so that's 6.7%, have been made to penetrate someone at some point during their lives. 5.8% have experienced sexual coercion, 10.8% have experienced unwanted sexual contact, and 13.3% have experienced non-contact, unwanted sexual experiences. So men are also victims as well, although not as prevalent as women, it's also a a point of concern. Sexual violence starts very early in your life. Among women reporting a history of completed rape, 40% first experienced it before 18, and with more than 28% indicating that they were first raped between the ages of 11 and 17. My goodness, that is early. Among men who were made to penetrate someone, 71% first experienced this before the age of 25. Imagine being forced to penetrate someone that you don't want to before you even get a full-time job. And 21.3% experienced this before the age of 18. Goodness gracious. And by the way, I'm reading this the first time too because I know the the facts of it, but the actual percentages and ages, these are all new information to me and it's frankly quite shocking. So let's talk about the health consequences of sexual violence because this is what actually ties this issue into health. These victims can result in injuries that are physical, obviously, like bruising, genital trauma, so on and so forth, and psychological, like depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. These consequences of sexual violence can be chronic 
Some victims experience recurring gynecological, gastrointestinal, and sexual health problems. Or how about PTSD, or increased risk behaviors like smoking and alcohol abuse, and also chronic diseases like high cholesterol and increased risk of heart attack. All those things are consequences of sexual violence. And we haven't even talked about the increased risk of contracting HIV and STDs, because let's be honest, abusers aren't going to be like, oh, let me grab my condom. This is a very, very long topic, and it's going to extend way beyond five minutes. So I'm going to probably break it down into a few episodes.、Um, but the point of this one is to introduce you to what sexual violence is and how it relates to health and its consequences. To show you some statistics on its prevalence, and to make it a normal thing to speak up, because one in five women and one in fifteen men are victims. So if you are a victim, speak up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Roger Farm D Show. Hey Roger, I gotta say, man, I don't know where you'd be coming up these topics, man, but you're right on point with some some good and interesting ones, man. Uh, this is a very interesting one because a lot of times、um, younger people, if they think about death at all, are scared because they feel like、um, they haven't given everything. They still have a whole bunch more to give, and they're scared of losing that opportunity. Whereas with the older people, you know, to some degree they've given, or they've decided not to give. And so their opportunities, their windows, their energy, their ability to give starts to shrink and diminish, and that's why, you know, at that point it's like if I haven't given already, you know, it's too late, or if I've given, you know, it's kind of it's kind of done. So that's kind of thought process back there. It's like, have you given? And have you given it all? Hey, Alex. This is Roger. I just wanted to make a comment on what you what you said. Essentially, it's almost. It's the same, but almost the opposite of what I said, which I really appreciate because the way I framed it was what you can get out of the world, and what you said is what you can give back to the world, and that's a beautiful way to think about it. Thank you so much for calling in, and I hope you continue to tune in.